Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC football podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. I'm a Georgia Tech grad and a Louisville fan. He is Mike McDaniel. He is a Virginia Tech grad and a Notre Dame fan. Mike, first question, throwing you a curveball again. We got a great guest on with us tonight. Do you mind if I introduce him? You can introduce him, buddy. Sweet. Uh, joining the program tonight is, is a very, very special guest. Really excited to have him on. Um, he, he's a fellow alumnus of Georgia Tech and now has great visibility over the ACC. So he's a former Georgia Tech running back, uh, former analyst with Raycom Sports and the ACC Network, former Georgia Tech radio color commentator. Now in this 2017 season, joins ESPN as a sideline analyst on TV broadcasts. Mr. Roddy Jones joins the program, a Georgia Tech legend himself, in the flesh, on the program with the Basketball Conference Podcast tonight. Uh, Roddy, welcome to the program. Thank you for joining us. How are you, sir? I am great, guys. After an introduction like that, how can I not be? I appreciate you having me on. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you've uh, made a special place in a lot of Georgia Tech fans' hearts, uh, starting with that special afternoon in, in uh, Sanford Stadium back in 20, uh, 2008. So uh, it is especially special to have you on. But as, you, as we mentioned, you know you were, have a lot of visibility over the ACC as a whole. And so rather than focusing on Georgia Tech, really we want to talk about the conference as a whole tonight. But to get started, we asked, uh, we, we previewed Georgia Tech recently with uh, your former teammate, Sean Bedford, and we asked him this question, going to ask you the same. Looking back on your playing days, we all have very high expectations for this. What's your favorite Paul Johnson story that you can think of? <laughs> See, I feel like everybody always, always, wants a, always wants a Paul Johnson story, which is great, because Johnson's, uh, you know, he's kind of a walking um, a plethora of, of, of stories and and he always does something to make you laugh. My my favorite story is uh, during a scrimmage, or maybe it was a practice back in two thousand eight. Uh, we were running, you know, quarterbacks in and out, and and everybody was struggling. You know, Nesbitt was struggling. Jabo Shaw was a freshman; he was struggling. Um, but our third string quarterback that year was a guy named Calvin Booker, who was a pro style quarterback. Had no business running the option. I mean, should have been uh, should have been in the shotgun or, or taking a seven step drop. But he decided to stick it out, um, play in the option. And he did something in practice where he just totally messed up a play. And Coach Johnson went crazy. And here's the line that I'll never forget. He yelled to Calvin. He said, "Book." If you ever find yourself in the game, call a timeout because somebody on this sideline messed up and is getting fired. <laughs> That's a scholarship it great. player. It great. He's, great. He's, he's so good for the one-liners. <laughs> Oh man, that is yeah, that's fantastic stuff. 
That's fantastic. He's called a scholarship player that. Yeah, that exactly. Is- exactly. And a guy who ended up playing a lot for us. I mean, he started the Gardner-Webb game for us in 2008. I mean, given it was not our, not our finest hour in, in, in 2008. But um, Book played a lot. And, and he made a joke before the game when he knew he was going to start. He was like, you guys dare me to call a timeout on the first play? <laughs> <laughs> he didn't, but. How to, make the, how to make this more amazing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, awesome stuff there. Um, we also asked this question to Sean Bedford when he was on the podcast last week. Uh, what is your favorite ACC stadium to call a game in, or what was your favorite stadium to play in as an opponent? So so I, I'm going to give three answers to this. Um, my, my favorite stadium to play in was Clemson. Um, I, I really enjoyed their fans. We always played there during the day, so it just just felt like college football. I mean, they they uh, they release the balloons up when they run down the hill. Uh, running down the hill, you know, as a player, you didn't really pay that much attention to it, but you just thought it was cool. Like you run into a huge stadium with a ton of orange. The fans are great. They're engaged. They they've they've got their chance. The the bands are playing. Uh, Clemson was was probably my favorite to play in. Uh, as a player, my favorite to call a game in in the booth, and that it differs between the booth and the sideline. My favorite to call a game in in the booth was probably Pittsburgh. It's a terrible vantage point. You're kind of stuck in the corner uh, on the radio is doing the doing the visiting team, but they have the best pregame and halftime spread of food in the conference because of the pro stadium. It is fantastic. I mean, I'm talking prime rib, mac and cheese. It's great. It is fantastic. Um, and then on the sideline, my, my favorite uh, is probably Miami. I, I love the pro stadium. Uh, the priorities change a little bit when you, when you ask a sideline guy what he, what he enjoys. They've always got great weather, um, they, except for the time where I went down there and it poured when, when Miami played Georgia Tech. Uh, that was a torrential downpour. But other than that, I've had great weather there. And uh, there's a ton of room to walk behind both benches. Accessibility is really, really key for a sideline guy. And being able to get behind the benches without having to squeeze behind players or even walk into the, into the team area um, is something that, 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 uh, that I hold in, in high esteem. So, so those, are, those, are my, those are my very different um, stadiums that I, that I enjoy. Well, I figure that Miami Stadium is also really quiet and peaceful. It makes your job easier as a sideline. Yeah, I can, I can usually hear the people in my ear because uh, <laughs> I haven't been there when it's been packed. Let's just say that. Yeah, neither is anybody else. <laughs> uh, Roddy, we're, we're, so I'm going to bring up a Georgia Tech question here, but want to relate it more to the bigger picture. So since the last time we recorded and since the, the Georgia Tech preview we recorded uh, – the, the preseason All-ACC running back for Georgia Tech, returning B-back, returning leading rusher, all this. Diedrich Mills looked like he had a, a really bright future for the Yellow Jackets and got kicked off the team, uh, dismissed from the program, and has since transferred to a junior college up in Kansas. His dismissal, how does that affect Georgia Tech's standing in the ACC Coastal this year? Does that affect your, your predictions for how they turn out, or is it you know, a little less of a, of a factor for you? Yeah, I, I think it. I think it definitely affects uh, how I feel like they're going to finish, um, or at least where I'm willing to predict them. I mean, when you're doing preseason predictions, let's be honest. As much as we think we know, nobody really knows. So you go off of what you think a team, uh, how you think they're going to perform based on the guys that they're that are coming back. Dedrick Mills was is the best player. Was the best player on Georgia Tech's team, the best proven player at least. 
So it has to affect how you how you feel uh, they're going to do in the preseason. You know, I, I think that it's going to take some time to break in um, whoever is the starting B-back. It looks like it's going to be Cavante Benson right now. Um, but if it's Jerry Howard down the stretch, he's a true freshman. And even though, like Dedrick Mills did last year, he had a great freshman season, uh, it, it typically takes some time for these freshmen to, to get up and running. And those teams, I think after Miami, the teams are so close. When you talk about Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, and Pitt, uh, I, I really think those teams are right there together. So um, I picked Georgia Tech in the preseason polls. I picked them to finish second in the Coastal. Had I known Diedrich was not going to be within this season, uh, before the season, before before I voted, I probably would have picked him fourth after Virginia Tech and after Pitt, just because I, I know what those two teams are bringing back. Virginia Tech is bringing back so much on defense, a defense that was really good down the stretch, a team that won ten games. Uh, you got to feel like that that momentum is rolling, even though Virginia Tech has question marks across the board on offense. Um, their defense, you look at it, and it looks like it's good enough to carry them down the stretch. And then you look at Pitt, and, and Pitt's another team, lost their quarterback, lost their best running back, but they had so much depth at running back last year with Shantez Moss. And then don't forget about Quadri Allison, who two years ago was was the ACC Rookie of the Year. Uh, they've got Quadri Henderson back, who is probably the most explosive player in the league this year, and a transfer quarterback from USC that's a five-star guy. Um, now they lost their offensive coordinator, Matt Canada. We'll see how much that affects them. But I don't expect them to deviate too much from what they did last year. It was so successful for them, and they were so explosive. Pitt's kind of the opposite. They've got all the question marks on the defensive side of the football and some on the offensive line. Um, but I, I think those teams are right there together. So you could really flip a coin or pull one out of a hat. Um, but uh, it, it, the Diedrich Mills loss definitely slides Georgia Tech down a little bit, I think. What do you think the biggest storyline is in the ACC heading into the season? Uh, Joey and I have a couple that we've discussed in the past. We've talked about the quarterbacks. Um, obviously, the Coastal Division is replacing almost everybody at the quarterback position. Um, you got Clemson. Can they repeat as national champions? Is Florida State in a good spot? Is Miami back? Uh, what what's the biggest storyline for you heading into the season? I, I love all those storylines. Um, I, I think they're they're all very valid. The the one that stands out to me is is for so long and, and maybe just the last couple of years, uh, you know, in, in recent memory in the Deshaun Watson era, kind of the the star power of this conference has been on the offensive side of the football. We have you know kind of lauded and drooled over these the, the Deshaun Watsons, uh, the Mike Williams. You know, Clemson kind of drove that, but. But, but even outside of that, um, you know, you look at Mitch Trubisky and what North Carolina was able to do with the big receivers there. You look at what Isaiah Ford was able to do at Virginia Tech, what James Conner was able to do. It seemed like all of the stars were on the offensive side of the ball. This year I see a big shift. All the stars in the ACC coming back are on the defensive side of the football. Harold Landry, the defensive end at Boston College, is an incredible player, first-round pick talent, incredible get-off, great pass rusher. Bradley Chubb at NC State, defensive end, great player. Christian Wilkins, Dexter Lawrence on that Clemson defensive line. You look at Demarcus Christmas, Josh Sweat, Derek Nandi, uh, Derwin James at Florida State. 
I mean, there are brand names everywhere. And then you, you, I mean, you go to places like Virginia and you've got Quinn Blanding and Micah Kaiser, Zaire Franklin up at Syracuse. I mean, you've just got a ton of guys with, with great experience, really good players coming back on the defensive side of the football. So as, as much as, you know, people like to look at DeAndre Francois and, and uh, Lamar Jackson uh, on the offensive side of the ball, this is a defensive conference now. And, and the, 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 the best players come uh, next April to get drafted out of the ACC are going to be on the defensive side of the ball, probably led by Derwin James. Um, and I didn't even mention the fact that, that Miami had three true freshman linebackers last year led by Shaq Quarterman that are all coming back as sophomores. So the, I am really excited to see the defenses in this conference. I think you're going to see the points per game go down uh, across the league. Um, but it's, it's, it's a big change from what ACC fans are used to. Uh, the, you've got the brand names at the top like you always do, but the focus has just shifted from the offensive side of the ball to the defensive side of the ball. I completely agree, and I'm, I'm really curious to see what, what the conference looks like large-scale in terms of just how the games look, how they're played. Uh, you know, are, they, are, are we getting away from the offensive fireworks we've gotten used to over maybe the last couple of years or, or, or you know, are other offensive guys stepping up in, in, in some absence of guys that have left? But curious to see. Um, Roddy, as you look at the conference, who's the ACC team that's going to surprise people for better or worse in 2017? Um, so my first answer is going to be a little bit of a boring one. Cause I think everyone is, is kind of saying that, that NC state's going to be a surprise for the better. Um, it, it's, it's hard to go with NC state because it seems like they, they have a propensity to let me down, but I, I, the fact that they've, they've got their quarterback back, Ryan Finley, who kind of reminds me of, of Nathan Peterman coming into last year, a guy that could break out and have a great season. He's got some great targets on the outside. I think Kelvin Harmon at receiver, um, who was a freshman last year, is really going to burst on the scene this year. He's a big, uh, big guy who can run, who can who attacks the ball in the air. Um, he's got he's got Jalen Samuels back, and then on defense they're going to be nasty. They may have the best front seven in the league, which is saying something. I mean they are they're certainly up there. So I think NC State's got a shot. Now surprising people is is giving. Uh, is, is chasing the top for them. I mean, I, I think if they're able to break that top three, that Clemson, Florida State, Louisville top three, I think that's a surprise. I think everyone expects them to finish fourth. So I actually picked them to finish second in the conference uh, or, or in the division. I, I'm not super confident in that. I think they'll finish third. Uh, I think they're a better football team than Louisville. I think they can beat them head-to-head because they'll dominate the trenches. Um, but I think NC State – could be a 10-win football team with losses to Clemson and Florida State, and I would consider that a huge surprise. Uh, I think Syracuse has a chance to surprise some people, not necessarily you know, because they're going to win every game, but I think they can make a bowl game in Dino Baber's second season. They've got six winnable football games on their schedule when you look at it, and all six are at home. So it lines up really nicely for them, just as long as they're able to bounce back. I mean, I think they go to, they go to uh, LSU in week four, so if they're able to bounce back from, you know, what's probably going to be a beating there. They go to NC state, they go to Florida state, they go to Miami, they go to Louisville. Um, that's going to be, if they're able to bounce back from those, then I think they can, I think they can really rebound and, and make a leap like you saw Wake Forest do last year, like you saw Boston college do. Uh, and, and on the other side of the division, you know, I think Georgia Tech is the, is the team that has the biggest chance to surprise people because I really think if everything comes together for them, they can win the division. 
now, with Diedrich Mills gone in particular, the quarterback play is going to be so important. I, I have said before the season that I didn't think the quarterback position, whoever played it, they didn't have to do that much. I didn't think it really mattered. They just had to take, they just had to take care of the football and to make the right decisions. But with Diedrich gone, that quarterback position is going to be asked to make a few more plays. Um, so if they're able to get going early, then I, I really, really feel like they can have a good season. It's always dangerous um, to pick a team to win the Coastal or, or, or to be a surprise that has to play either Florida State or Clemson from the other side, which both Tech and Miami do. But I think those cancel out, so it's really going to come down to that date uh, in October where, where Tech goes down to Miami and Miami wears those blackout uniforms. So, so I think if you're looking for a surprise team on the Coastal Division, uh, it's Georgia Tech. Is there a team out there in the preseason that you think is receiving a little too much hype? Uh, ACC-wise or, or around the country? Uh, how about both, ACC-wise and around the country? <laughs> so ACC-wise, I think Virginia Tech is getting a little too much hype. Um, I, I think that people are are, are, are kind of just banking on the fact that, that Justin Fuente's offense is kind of a plug-and-play offense. Um, but from what I saw, and we had him a couple times last year, uh, they kind of got into a situation where they relied on Gerard Evans to make plays. They relied on just throwing the ball up to Isaiah Ford. They kind of played my guys better than your guy ball. And when you do that, it's great while you have those guys. But when you have to replace them, it becomes a question mark of who's going to be the next guy that's better than your guy. And, and I just don't know enough about them to, to, to say that they can go back to that style of offense um, and play. Now, we'll find out pretty quickly, um, you know, who these guys are, um, you know, the at the quarterback position, I think they'll be fine. It's a question of of who uh, they're going to have to throw to. But Joshua Jackson really competed for the job last year. I think Gerard Evans got it because he was more experienced. But they were really high on him at quarterback last year as a true freshman. Was able to redshirt, come back, um, and I think I think uh, I think he'll have a good season. But but they've got so many questions on the outside after losing Isaiah Ford and Bucky Hodges. Uh, Cam Phillips is really really good, but he's the only guy that they've got that's proven. So so who's kind of going to be that next guy? So so I, I, they're they're receiving a little too much hype, in, in my opinion, right now. Now that can certainly change. You know, if they have guys that step up and make plays, um, then I'm then I'm certain, certainly willing to eat my words. Uh, around the country. That's a little bit tougher. Um, uh, Clemson's ranked in the top five. I'm not sure that they've they've proven they should be there. I think they're a top ten team, but I think you could slide them down a little bit. Uh, Wisconsin's getting a lot of preseason hype, um, mainly because of their schedule. They're a good team that plays on a weak side of the, of the division, so they could very easily slide into that Big Ten championship game uh, with with 11 wins, having lost to only Michigan. Um, that's, that's a very real possibility because of the way the schedule sets up for them. So, so I, I, I don't think they're as good a football team as they're going to show. And, and once, once they play, you know, a Michigan, Ohio state, Penn state, um, then, then it'll kind of show out. So, so those would be my two, although, you know, those are two good football teams. I just think, you know, people are giving them a little too much love than, 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 I, than I think they should be getting right now. Uh, next question. Is the U back? <laughs> it's always dangerous to think that, that the U is back because so many times since, what, 2002, they've, they've, they've let you down. But um, I think of all the t- U teams that they've had, this is the one that Miami can mess it up the least. Like, you, you, the, the, the way it sets up, they've got a great running back. They've got a great defense coming back, particularly in the front seven. Those things are hard to mess up. 
you know, turn turn around, hand the ball to your running back, tackle well, play good defense, rally the football. Um, so I I think I think the answer. I don't know if the U is back, but I think they're the favorite in the division. Um, Malik Rogier is a is a quarterback who who Mark Richt has spoken very highly of, um, and Amon Richards, the the receiver, is a very 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 underrated receiver in the ACC. Incredibly polished, better athlete than people give him credit for. Um, he really impressed me as a true freshman in his route running ability. Uh, he caught everything in in the radius around him. So um, he's going to make it easier. Now there's some they've got some question marks as well. They lost David Njoku, who was a a, a tight end for him that they moved around all over the place, created some mismatches. Um, but they've got guys on that offense. I mean, uh, you look at at Malik Rogier, you look at Amon Richards, Mark Mark Walton at running back, Christopher Herndon at tight end, um, a, a, a proven tight end who can block and get out in the pass a pass game as well. Um, they've got they've they certainly have the 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 pieces. Now, can they put it together from a from a mentality standpoint? We'll see, but. Um, they get Florida State early in the season, so even if they lose that game, they have to go up to Florida State. Even if they lose that game, they, they'll have the ability to rally and come back. They get Georgia Tech at home. They get Virginia Tech at home. They have to go up to Pittsburgh at the end of the year, which is always dangerous, the, a warm-weather Miami team going up north at the end of the year. Um, but I, I, I really feel like it sets up well for them uh, to, because they get Tech, both Techs at home. Um, it sets up well for them to win the Coastal. You're right. I mean, Miami has all the pieces in place to make it happen. It's just that one little pesky little thing referred to as quarterback play that's going to determine how far that team can go, I think. Curious to watch. Uh, Roddy, one of the things that I think nobody's talking about in the ACC right now, and and really that's the question, is is Lamar Jackson the most underhyped returning Heisman winner that you can remember? Uh, it, he, he that I can remember certainly. You know, I I I think of when Tim Tebow won it and he was coming back. I mean, it, when 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 Johnny Manziel won it, he was coming back. When Jameis Winston won it, he was coming back. They were all thought to be you know the favorite the next year. And and honestly, the big difference is all those guys were on teams where people thought they were con- going to contend for a national championship. No one thinks Louisville is going to contend for a national championship. So they're not talking about them. They've, they've totally uh, moved on from Louisville. They think Florida state, everybody feels like Florida state's the cream of the crop in that division. So uh, yeah, I think, I think what, what people feel like, especially because of the way Lamar ended the season. And I kind of look at Miami and, and Lamar Jackson the same way. Or I think people are, you know, People are picking Miami in the Coastal really because that's the team that they know the most about. They're like, we'll, we'll take Miami because we don't really know anything about anybody else. And I think that's kind of what happened with Lamar last year at the Heisman Trophy. He had a, I, I don't want to say terrible, but but certainly to his standards, not a great second half of the season last year. He kind of limped into the Heisman Trophy. So, And the only reason he got it was he had a stellar first half of the season, but there was there was really no one else to give it to. I mean, who? Nobody else really earned it. I thought Deshaun Watson should have won it, um, or, or or even Christian McCaffrey. But uh, you know, Lamar had such a great first half of the season that it kind of propelled him. So I think with the way that he ended, I the people are really focused on the 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 holes that that Louisville team showed, especially on the offensive line. I mean, it, it, it ended up just being Lamar running for his life and making plays. Um, without an offensive line to protect him, people kind of figured out 
how to play Lamar, um, where to push him. And, and once they did that, they were able to really sort of corral him. So, so yeah, I think he's, he's the, he's the least hyped Heisman trophy winner. I don't want to, I don't know if it's in history, but, but part of it, part of the reason is no one thinks no one has very high expectations for Louisville. And also Louisville's not, it's not Florida State. It's not Florida. It's not even Texas A&M in terms of the, the college football landscape. I think people kind of feel like it was a flash in the pan, kind of like RG3 at Baylor, and then you move on because it's not that college blue blood uh, that, that of a program. So um, I, I think that's definitely accurate. And, and I, I'm anxious to see how Lamar develops. You know, he said that he wants to throw more from the pocket, but running is what makes him special, man. And once he gets out in the open field, it's it's fun to watch. I, I know you hate you probably hate the preseason predictions as much as Joey and I do. Um, with that being said, division champions, conference champion, on the record, Roddy, who do you got? <laughs> um, m- mine are boring. You know, I, I think Florida State's the best team on the Atlantic side. I think they are they are absolutely loaded on the defensive side of the football from top to bottom. You know, they've 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 got the, the guys that I mentioned up front, Demarcus Christmas, Derek Nandi, uh, Josh Sweat at linebacker, but then they've got Derwin James and Tavares McFadden in the secondary. Um it's 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 a loaded football team with talent. Uh, on the offensive side, DeAndre Francois comes back who's the biggest piece. Um the the receivers that they've got uh, while not totally proven, uh, they, they certainly have the, the talent. I mean, Auden Tate is kind of in that Kelvin Benjamin mode. There's been a lot of talk about him um, during preseason practice. So, so I'm really anxious to see him be the featured guy. Uh, now, Florida State has an incredibly, incredibly tough first month of the season. I mean, they play Alabama to open the season. Then they play uh, ULM, so, so you can kind of exclude that. Then you've got Miami and Florida State, and uh, you've got Miami and, and NC State. Um, before you get out of the month of September, that's a really, really tough schedule, especially for a team that's got questions on the offensive line. They weren't great at protecting DeAndre Francois last year, so you've got Alabama, who's probably got the best, or, or if not the best, and the second best front seven in college football every single year. Then you've got NC State or, or Miami, who's got incredible talent coming back on the front seven. Then you've got NC State, who's got some of the best defensive linemen that the conference has, has seen this year. So Florida State's going to learn a lot about each other. And they very easily, I'm not predicting it, but they very easily could be a one and three team coming out of September, which means everybody's predictions would be, would be up in smoke. But um, I, 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 I don't predict them to do that. I certainly think they're going to be able to stand up. But I would not be totally shocked if, if that happened. Um, on the other side, you got to go Miami um, for the reasons that we talked about. You know, that front seven, the, the fact they've got the, the running back back, who's probably the best back in the conference, best proven back in the conference at least. And then the receiver, you know, Amon Richards is, is, is really, really good. I mean, I, I, he was, he's been so impressive to me. Um, overall conference champion, I think it's Florida State. Um, and I think they, 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 they're able to, to get into the playoff, uh, even, if, even if they have two losses. Because, you know, if you lose to Alabama early in the season and then drop one more along the way, I still think Florida State will be able to sneak in there, particularly if those losses are close. Um, I, I, their, their schedule is so strong, and that side of the conference is, is so strong that, uh, that, I, that I think that, that they'll sneak into the playoffs. So um, those are my two. It's not, not real exciting, but, uh, but uh, that, that's what I'm going with. Now that's cool. We'll keep the predictions going. ACC Player of the Year, go. ACC Player of the Year. So the easy, the easy way to go for this is Lamar Jackson or DeAndre Francois, but I'm not going there. 
I'm going to say Mark Walton's your ACC player of the year. I think Miami's going to have a great season. As I said, I think they win the Coastal, and he's going to be the biggest part of it. Uh, I expect him to he'll, he'll easily top 1,000 yards. If he stays healthy, he'll, he'll top 1,000 yards once again. Um, and and I, I don't think people realize, but uh, he was on a team with Joe Yearby last year, and everybody expected him, uh, Joe Yearby, him to kind of play second fiddle to Joe, but he almost doubled Joe Yearby in in, in rushing yards last year, Mark Rick likes uh, that style of runner that Mark Walton is. So I think, you know, he'll, he'll probably be in the 12, 1300 range after rushing for, I think it was uh, a little less than, a, or maybe a little over 1100 yards last year. Um, I think he'll be in that, in that range and, and we'll have a running back win the ACC player of the year. So we had Miami and Florida state uh, winning the divisions and we got Mark Walton from Miami winning the player of the year. Did you give us a conference champion? Florida State. Florida State's my overall conference champ. Did I? If I didn't say that before, that's what I'm going with. I, I may have missed that. I got. I, I don't listen to things well. Um, <laughs> all right, Roddy. One last question. And um, if if you're calling this game, you are allowed to invoke what Sean referred to as the Herb Street privilege and um, in, in not picking. But uh, opening weekend, there's a huge game going on, arguably the biggest opening weekend game of all time, as number three Florida State takes on number one Alabama. I, I'm going to ask you, A, who you think wins, but B, and more importantly, as we can, you know, consider things on this podcast, is Florida State is a seven-point underdog against Alabama. Do you think that they cover the spread? Uh, yeah, definitely. I, I, I think Florida State wins a football game, honestly. Um, and, and I certainly think they – so, obviously, that answers the second question. I, I, think, I, think, they, uh, I think they cover the spread. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely take them all day. Um, uh, I think Florida State wins because of their versatility on defense. Um, now, I think it's going to be a low-scoring ball game, uh, but I'm I'm really I'm really anxious to see the running back tandem that Florida State has um, with with uh, with Jacquez Patrick and, and Cam Akers. It kind of reminds me of a few years ago when you had we had Dalvin Cook as a true freshman and then uh, what was it Carlos Williams was the other running back who was a who was another highly touted guy uh, Carlos Williams was kind of the bigger guy and then Dalvin Cook was the was the home run hitter I think Jacquez Patrick is going to be that bigger guy that Carlos Williams type and then you're going to bring in Cam Akers who uh, it, it just off of his film and what he's done in, in spring practice and, and, and into the summer, I mean, the kid looks like the real deal. So I think those two guys will really have breakouts. They've got to stop Bo Scarborough, who's, you know, a freight train running. But I think Dalvin, excuse me, not Dalvin Cook, Derwin James uh, at safety is going to be, they're going to be able to do some stuff with him to, to, to help slow down Jalen Hurts, particularly in the run game. Uh, they're going to make him play from the pocket. And then they've got enough talent up front with Josh Sweat, DeMarcus Christmas, Derek Nani to get after the quarterback. I mean, I, I, I think this defense is, is really going to impress people against Alabama. So, so I think Florida State wins the game. I think it, it launches them into a season that uh, will be one to remember for Knowles fans. Roddy, you're the man. Really appreciate you coming on with us tonight. Um, this, is, this has been awesome. A lot of really good insights on here. You, you clearly know a lot of different players on a lot of different teams. This is really impressive. It's uh, it's what you it's what you get when you have to when you have to learn them every week and you have to learn a different set. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that comes with the territory. Absolutely. Uh, tell the people where they can go find you. Hey, you guys can find me at uh, on Twitter and on Instagram at Roddy Jones twenty. That's R O D D Y Jones twenty. I can't promise I always tweet or 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 gram. Uh, but when I do, it's usually semi-interesting. At least I think it is. I go through an extensive vetting process for all my tweets and, and Instagram posts. 
Um, but you know, feel free to, 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 to reach out to me. I love interacting. Um, and, uh, and I always, uh, always have a, an opinion or two, so it's always good. Well, if you go through an extensive vetting process with all of your tweets, you fit right in here on this podcast. So really appreciate you joining us. Um, this, this has been great. You're welcome back anytime, you know, please come back soon. Hey, would love to guys. I love, love chatting with you guys. Thanks Roddy. All right, Mike, that's Roddy Jones. Uh, again, Georgia tech legend, uh, going to be on ESPN broadcast this fall on the sidelines. So go catch those games uh, as you'll be able to find out, I guess, which crew is doing which game uh, about a week ahead of time. So go go look him up. Uh, but really appreciate his insights. But we got to get out of here. we got a, f- uh, a few more things to preview before we get this party started here uh, in the near future. Uh, in the meantime, they can find us on Twitter. I'm at FTRS Joey. He is at Mike McDaniel ACC. And together we're at BC Podcast ACC. Y'all can send us an email with your questions, comments, concerns to the longest email address known to man, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Nice, buddy. Yeah. Um, they can find us on iTunes, on Google Play, on SoundCloud, on the Overcast app, uh, where y'all can you know subscribe and rate and review and do all those good things. Those are super helpful, so please, please go do them. Uh, Mike, where else can they find us on the social medias? They could find us on Facebook.com slash Basketball Conference, rate the podcast, review the podcast, find all of our podcasts there as we continue to push through all of our previews. There's new content going up, no joke, about every day, as you all have found out at this point. So uh, go ahead and check that out. We are a couple days away from college football and about a week and a half away from ACC football. Hell yeah, we are. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Uh, Mike, we got to get out of here. You want to do this again soon? Absolutely, buddy. All right. Well, until then, for Mr. Mike McDaniel and Mr. Roddy Jones, I'm Joey Weaver. Thank you guys for listening. And until next time, go ACC. So what you